Flags are everywhere, and some are better than others. On this monthly podcast, we analyze the history, the design, and the cultural significance of different flags from all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. This episode, we will be exploring the design, the history, and the cultural significance of the flag of Wales. I'm John Meredith, and welcome back to Flag Theory. First off, I would like to extend a warm welcome back to the long-awaited revival of a podcast that has been dormant for far too long. I'm John Meredith, your host and guide on this journey, and I cannot express how thrilled I am to be back on the ways. For these past two years, I have been serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I lived 5,000 miles away from my home and from everyone I knew. I learned Italian, and I met so, so many wonderful people along the way. Many of them come from around the world and will have a part in future episodes of the podcast. But in the meantime, what can you expect from the return of Flag Theory? Now longer, but monthly episodes with thought-provoking interviews with people from all over the world, along with personalized episode guides on Instagram that follow along with the content we discuss on the podcast. We're diving deeper, thinking broader, and pushing the boundaries of what a podcast can be. We've got some fantastic interviews, stories, and discussions lined up for you. Whether you're a long-time listener or just tuning in for the first time, we hope you'll enjoy the ride. But after all, this podcast isn't just about flags. It's about the people, you, our incredible community. We want to hear from you, engage with you, and explore the topics that matter most to you. So please reach out to us on email or on social media. Send us your thoughts, and let's enjoy this journey together. So, without further ado, welcome back to Flag Theory. The flag of Wales is somewhat of an icon both in and out of the flag community, consisting of an evenly split background of white in the upper field and green in the lower, and a huge detailed legendary red dragon in the center. This flag easily stands out, and you have all probably seen it during international conferences or even perhaps on your emoji keyboard. This flag has a rich history and cultural value. We will start at this episode with a short rundown of the flag design guidelines, which will be followed by a history segment, then an interview with the one and only Kyle Jones, a good friend of mine from Wales, who I had the pleasure of meeting during my time in Italy. I wanted to briefly reintroduce these design principles and explain a little bit about where they come from. Originally introduced in a book in 2001 by Ted Kay, These five flag design guidelines have essentially become carved into the tablets that contain the doctrine of flag design. I would add though that these principles, in my eyes, are still considered to be more guidelines. The vast majority of good flags will follow all of the following principles, but as with any rules, especially in the world of design, we will run into some exceptions. Rule number one, keep it simple. The flag should be so simple that a child can draw it from memory. Although the dragon is a bit detailed, I like it. We'll give it a pass. Though given a child wouldn't be able to draw it perfectly, they will certainly remember to include the dragon. Rule number two, use meaningful symbolism. The flag's images, colors, or patterns should relate to what it symbolizes. 
So first off, we got this, we got this red dragon, which has deep military roots, deep military history that represents strength and Welsh independence. And then we have this white and green, white on the top, green on the bottom, which can represent the rich landscape of Wales. These colors were originally added by King Henry VII that reflect the Tudor colors of the time. Rule number three, use two or three basic colors. So we got white, red, and green, and maybe a little bit of black if you count the outline of the dragon. Rule number four, no lettering or seals. So you might notice that this flag does not have whales written in bold comic sans below the dragon, for which we are all extremely grateful. Flags should not include words. The identity of a flag must be displayed through deliberate coloring and symbolism, reflective of the land and the people that it represents. And finally, rule number five, be distinctive or be related. Um, I think this, this Welsh dragon automatically gives this a pass for uniqueness. Although the current version of this flag was adopted as recently as 1959, the history of the red dragon is a storied tale. Reaching back to the days when the Roman Empire extended its reach across the British Isles, it was during this era that the red dragon, as a symbol of Wales, first began to take root. The Romans, renowned for their conquests and might, encountered a tenacious and resilient people when they ventured into what is now Wales. These ancient Welsh tribes fiercely defended their homeland against Roman expansion. In the face of Roman legions and imperial ambitions, the red dragon became more than just a symbol. It became a source of inspiration and unity. It represented the indomitable spirit of the Welsh people who were determined to preserve their identity and homeland. As time marched on, the Romans eventually withdrew from Britain, leaving behind a legacy of conquest and cultural exchange. While they departed, the Welsh people remained, and their flag, represented by the red dragon, endured as a testament to their resilience. Fast forward to the 5th century, and we find the red dragon adopted as a symbol of strength and valor by Cadwaldor, a Welsh king of legendary status. The fiery beast, this red dragon, quickly became intertwined with the identity of the Welsh people. It was not just a creature of legend, but it was a symbol of hope and courage in the face of adversity. As the centuries rolled by and the Welsh flag continued to evolve, in the 13th century, during the time of Llewellyn the Great, a precursor to the modern flag emerged. This banner carrying the dragon's image was unfurled on the battlefields of Wales, signifying a resolute defense of Welsh lands against English forces. However, it wasn't until the mid-20th century that the Welsh flag, as we know it today, took its final form. In 1959, a green and white field bearing the proud red dragon was officially adopted, representing the modern Wales, a nation that had retained its spirit through centuries of struggle. But the essence of the red dragon goes beyond its fierce appearance. It symbolizes the independence of Wales, with its outstretched wings representing protection, a sheltering embrace for the Welsh people against harm. The flag's fiery gaze reflects the nation's unwavering determination to stand strong against adversity, much like the dragon from ancient legends. The flag also carries within it the echoes of Welsh mythology. 
a tale of the red dragon's fierce battle against a white dragon, symbolizing the enduring struggle between the Welsh and the English. This story encapsulates the very essence of Welsh history and pride. Now in the modern world, the Welsh flag has transcended its mere symbolism and has become a unifying force for the global Welsh diaspora. From Patagonia to Canada and beyond, the red dragon connects individuals to their ancestral roots and reminds them of the strength that flows through their Welsh veins. In contemporary Wales, the flag is not just a mere piece of cloth. It is a declaration of identity, a source of pride, and a reminder of the nation's resilience. It flies high on St. David's Day, during football matches, and at international events, serving as a powerful emblem of Welsh culture and history. To this point, we have a fundamental understanding of the history and the design of the Welsh flag, but with an adapted vision of flag theory and of the new season, we wanted to dive in a little bit deeper into the cultural and personal significance for these flags by talking with those who identify and are represented by them. But without further ado, we can go ahead and get started by jumping into the interview portion of this episode by welcoming my dear friend and greatly anticipated first guest of season two, Kyle Jones, our in-house expert on the Welsh flag. Kyle, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Flag Theory. Could you introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners? No, thank you. I, um, I'm Kyle, Kyle Jones. The Jones part is what, what really makes me Welsh. <laughs> I am not a missionary anymore. I've been back home for a solid four months now. I'm currently living in England, actually, not in Wales. <laughs> yeah. And just trying to find my way in life. Love football, and that's soccer for all you Americans. Yeah. Just a regular guy. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much, Kyle, for coming on today. But maybe to get started, can you tell us a little bit about Wales, where it is, what it's like for those who have never been there, myself included? Yeah. So now, without getting too much into the nitty gritty of the difference between Great Britain and the UK and etc., Wales is in the UK and it is situated on the west of the island of Great Britain and. If you look on a map, it's kind of like the little bit sticking out on the left, all of that area. And it's not very big at all, um, as far as geography or population. When I think of Wales, it's very green and rugged at the same time. It's steeped in a lot of culture and history and also myths and legends. Yeah. And it's known as the land of song. So known for its poets and its singers. It's just an all-around great place, great place to be, even though I'm not there at the moment. <laughs> That's wonderful. And you can kind of see like the myths and legends kind of part of it with the with the dragon on the flag. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. And would you consider yourself to be from Wales to be talking about Wales like this? Yes, I would absolutely. And I, I fight my corner very strongly because I don't, for one, I don't speak Welsh fluently and I can say the odd word, phrase, and both my parents are actually English, but I was born and raised in Wales. I consider it very much my home and where I am from. If someone asks me, are you English or Welsh? I would definitely say I'm Welsh. And 
yeah, I fight over that very, very proudly. That's wonderful. So growing up there, it seems you have kind of adopted that Welsh identity and cultural heritage. Definitely. As somebody from Wales, how does the the Welsh flag specifically resonate with you personally? What emotions or memories does it evoke? Ooh, that's a good one. I suppose for me, everything always comes back to sports, to football. When I think about anything that evokes kind of a, a national pride, pride of my flag, it always comes back to football. And one of the proudest moments I had as a Welshman was when Wales actually played in what's called the European Championships in, in football. Um, and it was the first time they qualified in a long, long time, like over 40, 50 years. They ended up reaching the semi-finals, which doesn't sound like a lot, but to get to the semi-finals, they ended up beating Belgium, who were first seeded in that particular competition. And no one in a million years anticipated that they'd go as far as they did. And I always remember an actor called, his name is Reese Evans. And he, he delivered this wonderful speech. And I always remember one line where he says, remember when you cross that white line with that red dragon burning in your chest, remember this is a team game and we are whales. I think I was like 18 at this point. I had tears streaming down my face. And I was just like, this is the proudest I've ever been of my country. I think that's the thing that stands out to me the most when I think of my flag. Yeah, that's wonderful. And kind of studying flags from my experience. I mean, like I can be familiar with the Welsh flag, you know, like, oh, I know that flag with the red dragon, of course. But I think everybody knows that flag. You know, they might not know that it's Wales, but at least they remember uh, having seen it once. But the thing I think that, well, that separates like the kind of the emotion part. When I'm born and raised in a place and I see that flag and it's just all in my, all in my childhood memories, you know. For example, for me with the, with the American flag, I remember at my grandpa's funeral when the soldiers there presented the flag to my, to my grandma. At least in the U.S., I think that's that's how it works. If you're a retired serviceman, then you get some military personnel that are there for the service that you did, kind of respect. And I just remember like seeing like the flag on the casket and like you know they roll it up. And so the flag it represents more than just than just the country. It represents all these like personal memories, these personal experiences that you have. And that's really cool that you have it with the with the Wales flag. I wish I was able to have have some more more experiences with the Welsh flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to you need to get some associated memories of that flag. Now you need to come over here, come to Wales one day, come and see. <laughs> that's awesome. To be honest, <laughs> I I didn't think I did have that many, but. It wasn't until I started my mission and served around a lot of Americans who would ask me about the Welsh flag. And I realized I don't know enough about it, but I know like, I want to tell them about it because I just know when I look at it, I'm just like, that's, that's my home. I love that. Yeah, it kind of evokes something deeper within you. It's not something you recognize with your mind, but instead it's with your heart, you know, when you see that that flag and it's kind of for the same reason talking about good flag design 
especially in in wartime and in like these big games it represents more than just the country right if i'm going in the battle i'm about to die i'm carrying that flag and that flag represents a lot more than just the flag it's always interesting to kind of think about is this a well-designed flag like is this something that i would die for that is something that happens all the time because it represents something bigger for listeners unfamiliar with Wales, could you explain how the Welsh flag captures the essence of the country's culture and history in a unique way? I mean, I presume everyone has seen the Welsh flag, and if not, very simple, just a, a red dragon kind of just standing on a patch of green grass, and then the other half on top is just white. From what I understand, actually, it's talked about where the origin of the dragon comes from. Again, going back to that mythology, Arthur Pendragon receives a prophecy from Merlin, basically saying a red dragon and a white dragon will continually be in this power struggle. And he prophesied this, and a lot of people since then have kind of come to believe that that red dragon is obviously the dragon of Wales and the white dragon being of England. So for me, I would say it helps me realize that, well, yes, very close to England and we're, we're neighbors and we get along just fine. It just reminds me of the long-going rivalry we've got with England. Like now it's all fine, love each other, but it takes you back to your roots. Like, Okay, we, we got our neighbors here. We're all under the same kind of government, but we're still our own nation. We're still Wales. We're not we're not England. We're not Scotland. We are British, yes, because we fall in the British Isles on the great island of Britain, but we are still Welsh and we're still very different from the English. So it just gives us our own identity, which I feel is very important. It kind of differentiates that identity, like kind of what you were saying. And I remember living with you in Bari and we would sometimes go out and we'd, we'd talk to some of these Italian people and they'd ask, you know, where are you from? And I would say, oh, I'm American. And then I remember you saying, I'm from Gales, which is how you say Wales in Italian. At least at least from what I saw, and most of the time people were like, what? What the heck is Gales? And then you're like, oh, it's kind of, it's my Great Britain. <laughs> But for them, there's not there's not a big difference, right? It's kind of yeah. like like in Italy, if you say like I'm Sicilian, the Sicilians take a lot of pride in being mm. from Sicily, and I imagine it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same yeah. a little bit for Wales and England because you're really close. You're kind of the same geographical area, but once you dig a little deeper, you're able to see a lot more like history and how stuff is similar, but also how it varies. Definitely, I love that. What is your favorite aspect of the Welsh flag's design? And how do you think it captures the spirit of Wales as a nation? Um, I think you have to go with the dragon on this one. I know. <laughs> I would have to say the big red dragon on the front. Yeah. But I honestly just don't know of any other country that I've seen that has such a prominent dragon on their flag. So, yeah, I'm just like, it's a dragon. Like, no other country, from what I know, has a dragon on the flag of their country. So I'm just like, if, if there's no dragon, it's just a patch of grass and sky. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it turns out there's one other country flag that I'm aware of that has another dragon on it, and it's, it's Bhutan, east of India, Nepal, but to the west of China. Oh. So it's okay. kind of it's kind of on that Himalaya, it's kind of below Tibet. The flag of Bhutan is this orange and yellow kind of diagonal. Okay. Yeah. That's, with a white that's dragon. That's kind of what I would have expected more that kind of dragon from from that part of the world. Yeah. I wonder who would win in a fight, the the Welsh dragon or the Bhutan <laughs> dragon. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what I'm most annoyed about. You, are you a you a Harry Potter fan? Do you watch Harry Potter? Of course. So I always remember in the Harry Potter Goblet of Fire, I think it's the Triwizard Cup, and they pull out on one of the challenges each uh, a dragon. It's like the the Chinese fireball, the Swedish short snout, or something. And then Harry pulls out the Hungarian horntail, which is like the worst. But the the thing that just annoys me the most is the fact that the weakest clearly the weakest dragon i think it's he pulls out he's like the welsh green he's like the welsh green yeah it's all right you'll be fine don't worry about i was so insulted by that i was like it's not even red oh that that's jk rowling's fault i can't blame it on hollywood yeah, that is true. I just looked up some some pictures, and they have. I've, I'm getting to all the dragon, all the dragon lore for Harry Potter, and that also reminds me of of dragons in in Middle Earth in Lord of the Rings, and how there's yeah. there's like smog, and I always think of smog as when I when I think of the dragon, when I think of dragons, I think of smog. Yeah, smog is a very he's a very Welsh dragon. That that looks like a that's Welsh more dragon. that's more of a Welsh dragon for you. Yeah, definitely. Kyle, when you see the Welsh flag being displayed internationally, how does it make you feel about your Welsh identity, especially when connecting with others who might not be from Wales? Yeah, obviously I feel a great sense of pride. It's just something that always stands out. Like, you know, when you see it, like there are so many flags that kind of kind of mesh together and some are horizontal lines, some vertical and it's and they're the same color and you just wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, it just always stands out. When you see that Welsh flag, there's just no mistaking it. And always feel a great sense of pride and wanting to kind of point it out whenever it's whenever it's up there. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine it kind of gives you a sense of like home and belonging. I remember yeah. I remember when we were in Italy, you know, the Italian flag is is beautiful with the yeah. green, white, and red. And you see it everywhere. You know, you see it, you even kind of see the colors on a pizza when you eat it. <laughs> but I remember kind of getting used to seeing the Italian flag and like, yeah, like when I see the Italian flag now, I think, oh, like I remembered of my time when I lived there um, and the people that I met. But I remember when I was coming home from Italy this, this last July, I got to the airport in Atlanta flying from Fiumicino and for going through customs they have like a line for american passport holders like united states passport holders and for like everybody else kind of and in the for the u.s passport line have it written out like really small but it's just like the american flag so it's like if you right. see the american flag like that's that's where you go and if you see like everybody else then go over there but i kind of think that's a really interesting like imagery kind of like symbolism of of home 
just like identity. And even if you didn't speak the language, you could be like, oh, like, okay, United States flag, like, that's me. Or like this other flag, like, I'll go there. It's so good to, to talk about flags again. Like I haven't done this. I haven't done this for so long, but I just love, I just love how, how kind of personal they can become. Cause you have, you have these things that are tasked to represent a whole, a whole nation, a whole culture, a whole population of people. But the thing about a great flag and how we kind of saw with the Welsh flag today is how personal it can become, how it can bring back these memories, this sense of belonging all of these experience that you've had when you were younger. And I think that's just a, that's just a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said before, I didn't know really how much, how much significance it has, I suppose, with anything until you start really talking about it and dissecting it. It's not really about the flag. The importance of the flag is that, like you said, it just evokes just that feeling more than anything. It's not about you look at it, it's just like, oh, there's some, there's some nice colors there. It's just, how does that flag make you feel? And it just, it just brings back smells, music, experiences, memories. Just when you look at that flag, it's poignant. It's just like, oh, I didn't realize I felt this way about my flag until, until now. But it's actually just because it represents the country that I love. And that's the beautiful thing about flag, yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. And well, thank you so much, Kyle, for being for being on the podcast. It was great to talk with you. Great to hear about some of your experiences and your love and your passion for whales and for the flag there. No, thank you. I appreciate it. I didn't realize I had so much passion to talk about. <laughs> it's just brought so much out of me. But no, I loved it. It was great. Thank you for listening this week to Flag Theory. Also, special thanks to the Bari Boys, especially to Kyle, for recommending this episode. If you have any questions and comments or suggestions, you can email me at flagtheorypodcast at gmail.com or Instagram message me at flagtheorypodcast. You can also find pictures of the flags we talk about in a guide format on the Instagram page too. The music, editing, sound design, technical production, valet services, and catering was done this week by yours truly john meredith don't forget that you too can get a free audiobook and month subscription for free if you head over to audibletrial.com flag theory it's the easiest way to support the podcast flag theory will be back on the 4th of november 2023